Good morning. It is good to be together as we have this opportunity to come together and to study a portion of God's Word and to dive in and look and learn and hopefully apply as much as we can to our life to make us better in the future than we've been in the past. As you look today, I encourage you to flip in your Bibles Galatians chapter 6. We'll be camping out there and we will spend the majority of our time in Galatians chapter 6 as we study bearing and sharing together. Now as we do begin, I do want to say a special thanks to those that are visiting with us. We appreciate you and it is always a uh, great honor for us to have visitors with us, and we pray that you will consider the work at Olive Branch, and we pray that you can enjoy your opportunity to worship the Father in heaven as we come together. Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. He begins and he says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass. You know, it's interesting when he starts out, that first word is something that is very special. It holds great significance. When he refers to brethren, he points to a special relationship that's shared amongst Christians. It's something that the world doesn't recognize, but yet they do understand it in a physical family. But we've got a family that is far deeper, far greater, and I would say far more significant than that of physical flesh and blood. When he refers to these brethren, he's talking about a relationship that is found only in Christ through the blood of Christ. We are part of this blood-bought family. If you look at Galatians chapter 3, just a few, few chapters earlier, in Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 26, he says, for you are all sons of God. He says there's a relationship, there is a family Correlation. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ. Then he goes on into verse 27 and he says, this is how you got there. He says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know, as we, we talk about that faith that we share, that faith that we have in Christ, understanding the faith that we live for, understanding the gospel faith, he said, you're all sons of God through that faith. In that faith, we see the baptism that put them into there, that put them into Christ. And so therefore, sharing a relationship as brethren in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. If you go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he, he refers to this, this same relationship. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, within that relationship of brethren, he said, there is now therefore no condemnation. To who? He said, to those who are in Christ Jesus. Go back to Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. Look, they're in Christ. They have the blessing through this faith. And he says they were put there by baptism into Christ in verse 27. Those brethren share the relationship outside of condemnation in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. What a blessing. It says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Not only did these people, these brethren, not only did they have a special relationship in being in Christ... Not only did they enjoy not being in condemnation, but within that, we find that there's a different way of life. 
They have to act differently. They talk differently. They live differently. He says, they do not walk according to the flesh. He said, but according to the Spirit. You go down just a little bit further there in Romans chapter 8. If you drop down to verse 14, he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. How do you want to be led by the Spirit today? By the holy inspired word, the spirit inspired word. He says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Go back to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. For you're all sons of God through the faith found in Christ Jesus. They were baptized into this faith. He says in verse 15 of Romans chapter 8. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. We talk about this family relationship and being brethren. He says, there is an adoption that takes place. We're adopted into this family of God wherein we enjoy those blessings. He says, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now notice as he talks about those brethren and children, in verse 17 he says, and if we're children, he says, then heirs. Heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There's part of life for a Christian and being brethren, wherein we understand that I'm going to suffer as I see set forth by example how Christ suffered willingly, desiring good for all mankind, he chose to be willing to suffer. And he says, look, within this, he says, you're joint heirs with Christ. Not only do we suffer while we're here, but look, what's he point to? He says, we're going to be glorified together. He's talking about that eternal life. He's talking about that eternal home. When we talk about brethren... When the word brethren is mentioned, he's talking about a special relationship. He's talking about something that's far superior to any other relationship uh, that we might hold up in high esteem. This is a great relationship. We're talking about brethren for a lifetime. We're talking about brethren that are talking into the eternal life. On the other side, in the spiritual realm, we continue in that relationship as brethren. You know, we mentioned Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27 where it says that they were baptized into Christ. You go back to Romans chapter 6 and he talks about this, this baptism process and their way of life. He says in verse 3, he says, Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ, he said we're baptized into his death. Recognize we just, we just observed the partaking of the Lord's Supper. We think back to the death of Christ. We think back to the, the memorial as Christ institutes it, he says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Get down to Romans chapter 6, drop down to verse 4, he says, Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism, into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, he says, even so we also shall rise to walk in newness of life. When you look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, and you see that first word, brethren, he means something special. To be brethren means that we're a part of the church. 
that Christ died for, for the church that his blood was shed, for the church which he purchased with his blood. And therein we find hope because we're joint heirs with him. We find hope in that we look forward to the other side as brethren. Look at John chapter 8 and verse 31. He says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, He said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. When we look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 and we focus in on that word brethren, the idea is following the words of Christ. People that have chosen to give their life to Christ, to deny self, to say, I'm separating myself from sin, we find repentance, and I'm giving my life to Christ. And Jesus says, those that abide in his words said, those are my disciples indeed. And those are the joint heirs that we recognize in Romans chapter 8. And we are the, the receivers, the ones that inherit, that, that are blessed, look forward to eternity because of our special relationship. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 6. In verse 1, we'll get just a little bit further. He says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass or in a fault. He says, brethren, if, if, two-letter word, if a man is overtaken in a fault, what's it recognize? Who's he talking to? Brethren, first off, those are in Christ. Those who reside in Christ, he says, if a man, the man that he's talking about is the group that he is talking to. Brethren, if one of you is overtaken in a fault. Brethren, if a person is overtaken in a fault. The reality is, as Christians, a possibility exists that sin can bring us down. A possibility exists that we can falter and we can leave that straight and narrow path that leads to eternity, that leads to salvation, that leads to heaven. A possibility exists that we can fall, that we can, we can turn our back on God. You know, Galatians, uh, James chapter 5 sorry, says it a different way, but it's the same thing as he talks there to Christians. In James chapter 5, if you drop down to verse... 19, he starts out with this same key word, but he says, Brethren, if anyone among you, he said, if somebody in your midst, in the group of brethren, he says, wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. They bring him back home. They get him back in the fold, straight on the straight and narrow, aiming for heaven, marching as a good soldier for the Lord. He said... In verse 20, let him know that the one that turns this sinner, the one who had previously been a brother, but now he's referred to as a sinner, the one who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. Why? Because that soul was in danger. That brother who, who departed from God, who wasn't walking in the light, had to be turned back to the gospel. 
wherein he would have hope, wherein he would find that family. He says, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and it will cover a multitude of sin. You know, as we look back to this possibility that exists, this idea that, look, if a man among you is overtaken in a fault, if there's one that wanders away from God, he said the design is we want to bring him home. We want to make sure that we do whatever it takes to ensure heaven is our eternal home. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, it says, the one that's real sure of himself, the one that says, look, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Ain't nothing bringing me down. He said, I've got it all together. I've got my life together. He said, therefore, he that thinketh he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. Take heed lest he fall. Be weary, be cautious, be thoughtful, be considering, you know, well, around the next bend, around the next corner, is the deception of the devil. His goal is to bring you down, and I promise he knows just the best way. He knows just what sin might be that which could bring you in, could wrap you up. You go back to Galatians chapter 6. He says, brethren, he says, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, he says, if there's a fault, notice he says, you who are spiritual... You who are spiritual, he says, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You who are spiritual, to be a spiritual person that's mentioned in this verse, this is the goal of every one of us. To be a spiritual person ought to be our thought process, what we desire, what we pursue. You know, we're picking up here in Galatians chapter 6, and we see he says, look, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. You know, it was just mentioned a few minutes ago that in Pew Packers, the kids are going to meet around, I believe, 1230, and they're going to sing some songs. And I have very little doubt that amongst those will be Galatians chapter 5, when we talk about walking in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. In this same general context, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. He says, you go, go down into verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. He says, against such there is no law. They'll sing about those fruits of the spirits most likely sometime around 12:30. It comes up every time because you don't want to be a watermelon, you want to be a fruit of the spirit. When he says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, "You which are spiritual," what's he talking about? Those that have the way of life in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, those that choose to be spiritual are those that exemplify love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said, those are the spiritual ones. So he says in verse 
one. You who are spiritual restore such a one. If we're a Christian, our goal ought to be a spiritual one. Ought to be being one who can help and aid others. As you look at Galatians chapter 6, it's all about bearing and sharing. Man. That clock is wrong, I believe. Bearing and sharing for the, for the profit of the kingdom. I immediately thought that we got out at 11.30. But I'm wrong. So, we'll still go on. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, You which are spiritual. When he talks about spiritual, he means us. Spiritual is the opposite of those that are mentioned when he says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. If you go back to verse 19 and 20, 21. We're those that follow after the Spirit, that desire to follow after Christ. As you look at this spiritual person, we all want to be a spiritual person. It's our desire. We don't want to be those. Well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people. But he contrasts it and he says, But I have to speak to you as carnal. He said, I have to speak to you as worldly minded. He says, As to babes in Christ. It's not wrong to start out there. You know, we all had to come to a point where we put our faith in Christ and we're starting this lifestyle, but it is wrong to stay there. Galatians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. He says, for you are still carnal. He says, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? He said, you aren't spiritual. You're wrapped up in fighting with one another. You're wrapped up with worldliness. You're wrapped up with... strife you're wrapped up in divisions he said it's time to move past pursue that which is spiritual in galatians chapter 6 verse 1 he says you who are spiritual restore such a one care for your brother care for your sister care for the one that's failing that has fallen from grace that's given up on the lord that has turned from what is the right way And then he concludes the verse after, after talking about helping a struggling Christian. He concludes the verse with helping self as a Christian. He says, considering yourself. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. I want you to keep in mind as you consider life it is super important one of the greatest things that you can consider is I want to help everybody go to heaven. We sang the song, Ring Out the Message. I want to do everything I can to help others go to heaven. But he says, look, in all seriousness, remember Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, at the very end of the verse, he says, considering yourself, recognizing that my biggest task in life is I've got to get myself to heaven. How am I going to help others get to heaven if I don't first consider myself. You know, as you talk about judging, he says, 
First, consider the beam that's in your own eye before you go after the moat in somebody else's. Here in Galatians chapter 6, he says, look, you want to help everybody be right. You want to help everybody go to heaven. But he says, remember, considering yourself in the midst of helping and protecting others and encouraging others to go to heaven, we've got to protect self. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, in the midst of saying, help everybody you can, I think of the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. Then he says, the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our goal is to help our neighbor. He said, but don't do it at the expense of your soul. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 16... He says, be holy. He says, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Why do we pursue after holiness? Because look, we've got a maker that is holy. You go back to, you go back to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. He says, first consider yourself. He says, you want to do everything you can to help them, but be considerate of the fact that I don't want to fall. I don't want to be separated from God. And so therefore, I want to recognize self. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, just a page or two forward, it says down in verse 9, it says, resist him, steadfast in the faith. You can go back to verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It says, resist him, steadfast in the faith knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He said, resist him, stand up and be aware. In verse 8, he says, you know that he's seeking to devour others and you. He says, protect yourself. Be warned. We've got to protect ourselves because our hope, our hope in Christ requires that we protect ourselves, that we save yourselves. But ultimately from there, we want to save the world. We want to do our best to help all that we can to enjoy the same salvation. Now, I was planning on getting through verse 5, and we're not going to make it. But I want you to know this one thing. As we consider Galatians chapter 6, he talks about helping self. He talks, talks about helping those that are struggling. And then he talks about, in general, help all. Our goal needs to be to help the world. And we do that through bearing and sharing the burdens of life together. We do what we can to live for the King. And whatever you do, he says, consider yourself lest you also be tempted. We talked about brethren at the very beginning, and the question is, are you in Christ? You know, as we looked at Galatians chapter 3, he says they were baptized into Christ. Therein, they found themselves in this, this joyous occasion in verse 26, where through the faith, that is the gospel faith, through the gospel they recognized or they were understood as sons of God. They were related. They were enjoying this family relationship through 
being in this faith, they were in that faith through baptism down in verse 27 because they gave their life to Christ. And then they made it a way of life to live for Him. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, they said they rose to walk in newness of life. I ask you today, are you a Christian? Have you given your life to Christ understanding that it's for the purpose of your sins being washed away? Go back to Isaiah chapter 59. We see our sins and our iniquities separated us from God. That's where the problem comes in. But we can be brought back together with a loving God through the hope and the forgiveness that is found in the blood of Christ. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I tell you today is the day. Behold, the day is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted time. There's no need to wait. You know, in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, it says, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The idea is they were added to the church through that commitment. If you want to be a part of the body of Christ, the church which Christ died for, you've got to follow, as he says in John chapter 8 and verse 31, you're my disciples if they do what he says. Verse 32, he says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you haven't given your life to Christ, do it right now as we stand and sing.